Ready to see who to sell high on and who to hang on to after a good 37% season in the outfield? Settle in, smart people. It's time for dingers. This is dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah, dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Kyle Lewis that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs here, joined again by the Bowman, Robbie Baseball. What's up, Robbie? You nailed that intro, my friend. One and done tonight. Boom. Yeah, I was on point. <laughs> On point. It's because I really wanted to get to my beer. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I am thirsty also. So uh, <laughs> let's just skip the pleasantries. We'll just say at Dingers Pod on Twitter, at Robbie Baseball One, at Turney Boss. Uh, please like, share, review the podcast. It helps other people find us because that's what people say. And I'm thirsty. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh, that sounded a lot better than my bottle pop, but that's okay. Yeah, we could barely hear your bottle pop. Um, I'm terrified to drink this. I have a Lost Craft, a Toronto brewery. The Eclipse, it is, and I don't know what this means. That's why I'm so terrified to drink it. It's a Milkshake India Pale Ale. What? I shit you not. It says Milkshake India Pale Ale. So is it like emulsified? So it's thick? Because a stout I could see being described as milkshake-like. But no, never let's, an let's IPA. Find let's find yeah. it. Hmm. That's a weird. That's yeah. Weird. Well, I've my got mouth, the water. My mouth dark. feels weird. <laughs> in, in about eight minutes, Ty's just gonna start mumbling and going, "I'm keeping my lips." <laughs> having a, an one. allergic reaction. Uh, I've got the Waterloo Dark going tonight. Uh, as I'd mentioned a long time ago, I bought a lot of these on bulk, so I've got the old. Uh, uh, glass bottle and uh, the five percent it's a dark it's stouty it's delicious i can drink a million of them and i'm gonna start because tonight we are talking about good outfielders um ty do you have a beer update yeah so um <laughs> the the it's it's interesting it's not bad it's just it's a little it's like fruity i don't know where milkshake fits into that but anyway i i did see an interesting meme around the word milkshake this week you know okay. how all the restrictions of 10 or less people are, are in place in a lot of areas right now? Well, it said, yes. keep in mind uh, during this holiday season that your milkshake may only bring nine boys or less to the yard. Ah, there we go. And, and I did appreciate that humor. It was very funny. Um, great segue to beer. Most definitely, yes. But we do have a couple of milkshake-like uh, beers to drink tonight while we are discussing some absolute, uh, I don't know the right transition from milkshake to studs, but 
Um, we've got some beautiful players to talk about tonight, Ty. We have like the best of the best in the outfield because those are the players who year in, year out, they're just, they're doing it for us. So we're just going to touch on those guys. We're going to dive in a little more on the, are they a flash in the pan? Are they finally breaking through? Is this their last hurrah guys? So um, I'm ready to go. I'm excited for this. We were talking before we started recording tonight about all sorts of fun, exciting things. We've got a, a lot of off season left to go. And this is our second to last recap from 2020 and whenever we get to the end of something like last year we were recouping drafts because we weren't getting baseball <laughs> and we were going over draft years and how they look now so that people would understand not to overvalue draft picks uh when we got to the end we were both kind of like all right i can't wait to the next thing so well, it's i can't wait like to be sad, done with this it's like a sad moment right and will you that is perfect for this. There's perfect. The classic, right? Why didn't you have that for the first one? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes good ideas just happen out of nowhere. Yeah, better late than ever. Okay, so are you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's hit up uh, our first guy on the list. And we're going to stick in LA for the first couple. So uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, what's not to love about Mookie Betts? I mean, he arguably the best player in baseball this season, right? You can say what you want. Uh, about whatever voting and et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, this guy's the real deal. He's been the real deal. He continues to be the real deal and, and probably realistically won the Dodgers that world series single-handedly because he turned two or three games around with the glove and with the bat. So uh, hard to argue. He doesn't belong on this list, Robbie. What, what are your thoughts on Mookie and are you buying or selling? Uh, well, 219 at bats, as you just said, Ty, full season of Mookie in LA and everybody was talking, you know, about the trade and all the controversy, uh, involving it. And that's something that happens in a lot of dynasty leagues, right? You see big players get traded and everybody complains about the return. <laughs> Very seldom in dynasty leagues. Do we ever hear about, whoa, whoa, whoa. They paid too much for that really great game changing win your league player. It's always the other way. Whoa. whoa, whoa. How did he get him for that? Um, and that's exactly what happened in real baseball this time around. And uh, thankfully, bets, you know, re-upped with the Dodgers. And and I think, you know, settle in. If you're a Mookie Betts owner, absolutely hold this man. And that's why, for me, he's got the official hold. Um, nothing negative to say, you know, if you, if you own him, enjoy him. Uh, but I think the price tag to acquire him will match a guy like Soto. And if we're talking dynasty, I would prefer Soto in a Soto or Betts deal in a vacuum one for one. So Betts gets the hold for me because his price tag will be too high to acquire. Uh, and we'll get to Soto later, but I, I don't, I don't think Betts carries the same value as older. I don't, anybody that's saying they're equal in a dynasty format is ignoring the obvious age gap. Um, and, and I know there's an argument to be made that they're equivalent. Uh, but that said, the, the big thing for me that, puts him on a buy radar for me is that he, this was his first year in the NL and his numbers across the board were a slight tick down from uh, his 2019 numbers, right? The, the slug was down just a little bit. The on base was down just a little bit. Uh, obviously the counting stats were all down, but the, the thing for me is, and I talk about this all the time, like the switch of leagues is always a recoil always. Now you're talking about a guy in Mookie, who's a great player. And his recoil actually pushed him the other way. And the Dodgers like to, to run a little bit, right? So that adds a little peripheral, peripheral value to Mookie that we might not have seen uh, 
as often um, during his time in uh, Boston, right? So, you know, if you look further back into, say, 2018, right, he had 30 stolen bases, right? And Robbie, you have your hand up as if you want to say something. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Just real quick. We talked about it before, but don't forget, Ty, that this was the weird year where Mookie left the AL East and moved and played against the AL West in addition to the NL West. So that's like a muted transition to some degree because we did talk about it, I think, when we discussed Rendon. Uh, and that was one of those things with him where it was like, yeah, that that progression or that that dip, that might not come until next year when he actually sees all of the NL teams, just like with Rendon, he might see all of the AL pitchers. Whereas this year he only had to worry about five teams, which again, at that point you can study a lot better against nine opponents versus 29 or 14 in your league plus, you know, interleague. So, and I don't disagree with the NL East, but the NL central's pitching is crap and it's going to be crap next season, unless they sign all of the free agent pitchers. Uh, So I, I, I agree with you and disagree with you, but I'm buying because regardless, the NL West pitching is still crap. And that's a big advantage for bets. Cause that's going to be a strong portion of his games between that and the central. I like his odds to have an MVP MVP caliber season. He's also in his prime and he has a ridiculous amount of depth around him in that lineup. I think what you'll see as well is he's going to probably hit two or three in that lineup next year. You're going to have Justin Turner moved. So you're not going to have the reality of Turner hitting in that two or three spot. I mean, there's always always a chance Turner gets back to L.A., but I think they're going to cut their bait since they have Lux and Bush ready. It doesn't make sense for them to hold on to Turner and pay him an exorbitant amount of money. So I think Betts is in a premium spot, in a premium piece of his life, and I think he still has a chip on his shoulder, and, and I'm looking for a big season. So I'm buying. I, I really – if there's an outfielder that I – in the top tier – that I think is is worth paying that price tag for. Um, I, I think Soto is unachievable, honestly, in most scenarios. Um, but I think bets can be had. That's why I think he's the buy. Okay, well, that'll move us to the next guy, uh, arguably the best player in baseball, Mike Trout of the Angels, uh, 29-year-old and 199 at-bats. This year, the only notables for him was a 281 average. That's a dip one stolen base. We, we know that this is, you know, something that happens fewer stolen bases. Uh, and then the K's 56 K's to 35 walks. So, uh, Ty, what are you doing on trout by so hold? I mean, I've had a buy rating on trout for 10 years, uh, or whatever his first year was. I, I can't even remember at this point. It's just all been good. Uh, for me, this is, we're entering that phase where you can buy trout because you're going to have some people that want to get out and some people that have made runs for championships that are ready to rebuild as well. Right. So if you're in a, if you're in a league that's been around for a while, you absolutely need to be checking in with your trout owners because you might be entering an era where he's affordable in a trade. I mean, obviously in your contract leagues, he's going to be expensive. So you got to have room for him. but uh, in, in any format that doesn't have a significant salary dent, uh, trout, trout needs to be at least examined in trade during your off season because he is, in most people's eyes, older than his actual age is, right? I think most people look at Trout as past his peak already, which is ridiculous. Um, and, and whether his performance says that or not, that's, you know, it doesn't matter. I think there's just a perception 
Trout versus the rest of this list in, in terms of the premium guys, he's the old guy, which is, is kind of insane. Yeah. Like if you think of the big four as Trout, Soto, Acuna and Betts and Dynasty, Yelich after last year certainly dropped out of that conversation and also had some peripherals that were concerning prior to last season. Um, Trout is fourth for me, but that's still amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a hold on him, but for the same reasons you're talking about wanting to buy him, I'm thinking I'm going to want to keep him because he's not too old that you can't still, if you're in a position where you've had your run or you've never got it together, you don't necessarily want to walk away at this point. So I, I like both sides of this tie. I like the idea of going to acquire him because he's got a lot of career left. I also like the idea of keeping him because he's got a lot of career left at no point. Do I think I would want to sell I, personally that I would want to sell him, but I mean, the return could be huge for your team. So in your league, I wouldn't necessarily post that I'm considering trading him, but I would let somebody approach me and kind of kick the idea around. Yeah. I, I just think you're going to see Trout move to a corner in the next year or two. And I think he becomes a little safer than he is in center field. So I think the acquisition is now while he's still a risk in center field. Okay. Well, that's a fair. Now let's go to somebody who certainly has more risk attached and that's uh Yastrzemski with San Fran 30 year old in 192 at bats this year, 297 average, 968 OPS, 39 runs, 35 RBIs, 10 dingers, two stolen bases, 55 Ks to 30 walks. Um, we're both selling spoiler alert. I'm saying that you might see a year or two more of good production, but I'd rather turn that into an asset or two elsewhere on my roster if you got him, that means you won. You won on Yastrzemski, so cash in. Ty, why are you selling? I mean, for me, it's simple, right? This guy had a great season, no questions. Um, had some good power numbers, 968 OPS. Beauty. Uh, exit velocity was in the bottom uh, 40% of the league. There and as, as was his K percentage. Those yep. two numbers are very alarming to me. Uh, from a guy that builds around power profiles, those are two red flags um, that I want away from. And so that's why I'm out on you. There's some advantages. Like his hard hit rate is, is okay. Um, he obviously slugged, he barreled up pretty good. Uh, so there's some good things to go with that bad, but I'm, I'm concerned with, with those two things in a full regular season with pitchers on regular rotations and all that stuff that you is exposed as average at best. And I think he's, He's above average in most people's minds after this season. Then I think that's a poor evaluation. Bang on there. Do you happen to have career games played for him? Uh, I'm just curious because I know find it. he didn't start 19 with the giants. He like with the big league club, but he came in towards the, or in and around the second half of the season and then finished with flair. So I feel like he might still be under 600 career. 636. Career. Oh, plate appearances. Okay. So is that bats are going to be under 600? Yeah. 563. There we go. So that's where it is with Yastrzemski. And, and if anybody's thinking, well, come on guys, like, you know, sometimes these guys catch, I would like to remind everybody for every Batista that catches, there are at least five scooter Jeanettes. So yeah. let's not go crazy and say, I've got to keep Yastrzemski because he's going to be the core future for me with a 30 year old. It's going to be tough. Well, the really interesting thing with, with Yastrzemski is that he had 21 home runs last season, hit 272. So it's not as if he had a terrible season in 2019. 
he just went under the radar because he played in San Francisco's cavernous outfield. Right. And nobody gave a crap up against the giants in 2019. Cause they were, they were really bad. Wasn't and until he had his moment in Boston. That's that right. was, exactly. that was the big thing. And then everyone's yep. like, Hey, you're I remember that, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, there's enough here to at least pay attention. I I'm taking advantage of removing myself from the risk at 30 year old that had a late break in his career in the worst outfield in baseball to try and hit home runs. Um, it's just, it's a matter of, of playing the odds here, gang. It's not, it's not to say that you strengths, you couldn't be league average or better in the next two years. It's just now's the time to cut bait while he's on his way up because you don't know where that cliff is. Yeah, if you get two more years to Yastrzemski, you should be happy. On to the next guy, Michael Conforto of the Mets, 27-year-old in 202 at-bats this year, 322 average career best, 927 OPS, 40 runs, 31 RBIs, nine dingas, three stolen bases, however, a 57K to 24 walk. Now, for anybody who's wondering why we're mentioning this, if you're new to us, thank you for listening. We go by eight categories because we feel that is the best way to cover all of the listeners. And if you're in big dynasty leagues, if you're into, you know, plus and minus categories, K's are a good thing against walks are a good thing for. So somewhere close to two to one is kind of leagueish average. When you get closer to one to one, that's where I start to get really excited about elite players and smart players. Um, Conforto for me is a hold. That's just personal experience <laughs> uh, where I own him. I refuse to sell him. I don't know what I'm waiting for time. Maybe that's just a little, a little error on my part. Um, I think he's going to cost a lot more after last year because of those inflated averages and things, but like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a tough I, one. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that over his next 2,500 plate appearances, he's going to be better than he has over the previous um, but man, I just can't, I can't do it. You know, the Mets, the Mets could allow him to have a lot of runs that, you know, RBIs should certainly be there. I just can't, I, you know, I want to, um, I want to not lose on Conforto, but I think he might be the kind of guy I just own and keep forever leagues and regret it. You know, once he's finally off my roster. I mean, for me, this guy's relatively simple narrative, right? Like it's, you're not buying him for the 322 average um, that he, that he put up this season. I mean, that's just not really sustainable, right? Like it's, it's not who he is. And that's the thing you have to keep in mind. Um, you know, his expected batting average for this year was 284, right? So he was almost a full 40 or like, 40 points above where the numbers think he should be uh, career average is 260 on that XBA, right. Uh, against his uh, actual career average of 259. So that's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, so you should assume he regresses to the mean that said, he's also in his prime at 27. So you could see a peak above that, that career average, right. Um, the thing you're buying Conforto for, it's very simple. Uh, you're buying the home runs and RBIs right? Like you're not buying Conforto as a five tool athlete. That's just not what he does. He's going to give you some counting stats and buyer beware. Like if, if that's what you're expecting, he's a good buy because you're going to know the value of those stats. But if you're buying him to be what you think he might've become this season, that's a bad acquisition. So yeah, you're um, going to hate yourself for it. The reason I like it as a buy is because for the last couple of seasons, he's been relatively productive on a pretty bad Mets team. And with new ownership, I think the buy 
buy opportunity here to have him potentially, let's say George Springer ends up in the Mets, who is a realistic target for them. He moves to a corner where he belongs because he's not a very good defender. Um, and and he all of a sudden gets a little insulation in that lineup. Uh, Pete Alonso is going to have a bounce back. If Dom Smith continues to find a way to play on the field at some level, that lineup becomes kind of good. Um, and, and that's the scenario that I think could unfold, which is why I'm intrigued by buying Conforto, because I think you're going to see a bump in the power in RBIs as long as he stays on the field. But I would expect that average to come down to like 270, 275, maybe. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. For me, I can see a hundred point OPS drop. I can easily see a 40 point average drop and the county numbers, I think were very high. Obviously, if you were to take this over 162, you're not getting realistic production from him. He's not going to be an upper twenties dinger guy. He's not going to be a 10 stolen base guy. It'd be great, but I don't think that's what he's going to be. Um, but runs and RBIs, he's not going to be a hundred plus. In I, both I, I do categories. think you'll see a, um, not the 412 OBP you saw this year, but but I think career average is 360. I think you could see the 385-ish that we saw in 2017 if that lineup gets a little bit better, right? You lost Cano, right? So you got to assume they need to replace a bat, probably see Rosario slide over to second uh, is a realistic option for them. Uh, they still need an outfielder. And I assume Cespedes is not coming back again this year. Uh, but Springer is a very, very real option for those Mets. Well, somebody that, that was just placed on outright waivers from the Twins, Ty, breaking news, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, Eddie Rosario, um, he's out there now, and he's arbitration eligible for the last time. He might be a fit with those Mets, but let's not dig off topic anymore because you mentioned two of the guys that we're about to say in the next three. George Springer, former Astro, now free agent, uh, 31 years old at the time of this recording. He has not signed, but there are rumors he may be headed north, um, much to Ty Chagrin and my shoulder shrug. And I'm sure Roto Ronnie just pulling out whatever hair he's got to pull out, probably has a thick head of hair, bastard. Uh, <laughs> but in 189 at-bats this year, 265 average for Springer, just under 900 OPS, 37 runs, 32 dingers, 14 home runs, a stolen base, and a pretty good K to walk at 38 Ks, 24 walks. Um, Ty, you are? Uh, I don't even know. This, this I'm buying and selling. Um, and it really Interesting depends on strategy. Where, where he goes. <laughs> uh, I, I have concerns, and I said this coming into the season, and he, he did produce. Like, he definitely, um, his batting average went the direction I thought it was going to go. I, I think, I think his home run total is inflating his numbers just a little bit. I think he he had a, a, a jump in his power numbers this year, and I'm very concerned that that's not sustainable for him. And I, I, I'm fearful as a Jays fan that he ends up in Toronto, and I've said it from day one that I don't want him there um, because I think there's, there's a, a recoil in his numbers, and I think that's something you need to just pay attention to, right? Like, he has 292 is what he hit in 2019, 283 in 2017, but then 261 in 16, 265 in 18, 265 in 20. So like that 260 number is more common. He just has a couple of seasons that have inflated that average to 270 career, right? So, um, I mean, those are just some of the things, but the peripherals are all good. Like the, the exit velocity is league average. 
Um, the hard hit is slightly above league average. All the slugging on base, et cetera, uh, are, are above league average. The whiff rate um, is right in the middle again. So there's a lot there. I, I just, I think we're entering an era of George Springer's career where he can't get better. And for that reason, I like him as a sell. And I, I like him as a buy if he becomes the sixth best player on a team. And there's three teams in baseball that can offer that. Right. So that's my concern with George Springer is he's leaving a ridiculously loaded lineup where he's never been pitched around in his life. And now he has to go figure out how to hit a baseball without the protection of a couple hall of famers. Yeah. I'm a sell too. For me, regardless of where he goes, I think the numbers are going to decline. Like you said, Ty, I don't like anything about the free agency with Springer unless you know, for some reason he goes and crowds the Yankees, <laughs> the Yankees or the Reds outfield. Uh, but again, even at that, I'm, I'm not too big a fan. Let's talk about somebody who was a free agent last year signed in Arizona. And that is Cole Calhoun, the 33 year old and 190 at bats this year. Really interesting. 226 average. Not good. 864 OPS. Very good. Well, not very good. Good. Um, 35 runs. Good. 40 RBIs. Very nice. 16 dingas, one stolen base, 50 Ks, 28 walks. Cole Calhoun is a weird dude, and I'm holding. Uh, he's not going to screw you if you're in a five outfielder league, and to me that's important, but I don't want to go and acquire him. I would not target him, and if somebody asked about you know a trade with him, I think the numbers from the short season inflate his true value for me. Uh, where are you here, Ty? Sell, your sell on Calhoun. Yeah, I mean, this is just a guy that I I can't put my faith in anymore. Like, if I if I get somebody that's willing to buy the 16 home run season, see you later. Like he's yeah. gone. I mean, unless I'm building a slow pitch team, and Cole Calhoun would absolutely be on my slow pitch team for sure. But in fantasy baseball, I'm I'm betting on the decline, and that's it's that simple for me. I, I don't think that Arizona team is going to be quite as good as they've been in the past couple seasons. So I just, I don't like the supporting cast. I don't like the career trajectory for Calhoun at this point. And I could see him turning into a really valuable lefty bat bench on a great roster. Like really like that, that for real baseball, I think he could be valuable because he does still play a half decent defense. And, you know, beyond that, I, I'm out. Fair enough. Dom Smith of the Mets previously mentioned the 25 year old and 177 at bats last year, 316 average, 993 OPS, 27 runs, 42 RBIs, 10 dingas, no stolen bases, and a three to one strikeout to walk ratio. Um, but in those 177 at bats, only 45 K. So kind of on par in the K category with a lot of the big boys uh, that we did mention. But um, for me, he's a buy with Cano out. There's no reason he doesn't get 500 at bats next year. Ty kind of led to that um, earlier. And I like the line. The potential is there and he's still 25. So you might have to pay more if you already own him. That's to your advantage. What are you up to on Dom? I mean, uh, this one's a really hard one because at the end of the day, like he's a pretty good player, but the path to playing time is so clouded and it doesn't, there's no official news yet, but like the DH hasn't been anchored in right. into the NL, which yet. is so weird, right? Like, I mean, it'll be sorted out 
over these like manager GM general manager meetings, by the time the rule five is done, it, they must announce it, but like to be planning your off season right now and to not know if you need to look or not need to, if you can look for a designated hitter within your organization or outside or not at this point in the off season just seems dumb. Free agency's open. Why wouldn't they have this done before free agency? Yeah, but this is the problem with the with having a players union have say on this stuff, right? Like it's it's tricky because there's negotiations that are involved and it is what it is. Like I'm with you. Like it is dumb, but I also understand why there's an impediment on this one. I I don't I don't see how anybody in the National League argues that baseball was better without the DH. Like there was so much more pop and offense because of that DH and that extra bat um in the lineup but if, if the dh is there i really like dom smith if the yeah. dh is not there i'm a little sheepish <clears throat> there um really and, okay yeah like and it's not because he's not good it's because i just i worry about the at-bats but it's that simple for me because i don't think he's gonna play third base and that's really the only other position outside of alonzo's first base that he can manage and play regularly yeah, that, that's a very good point. I, I think I'm banking on the absence of Cano with his at-bat total and the fact that, yeah, there should be a DH. Hopefully that is official. That's that's kind of where I am on him. But let's talk about somebody who's a little more polarizing and close to home for us, if you're good to move yep. on. Tay Oscar Hernandez, the 28-year-old former Houston Astro, current Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, it has been an interesting time for him in Toronto. 190 at bats last year, a 289 average, 919 OPS, 33 runs, 34 dingers, 16 sorry, 16 dingers, 34 RBIs, six stolen bases, really nice. Uh, four to one strikeout to walk ratio, not great. 63 Ks within that. Um, I'm selling. I'm super easy on this, but I want to talk to you about it because I know you're on the opposite side. The the Ks to walk, that's the scary for me. I know the last 162 game stat line for him looks great. You know what? Take it, sell high. Tay Oscar, in my opinion, could fall off a damn cliff. See, I've watched more baseball for the Blue Jays than 99.9% of baseball people. And I've watched Tay Oscar very closely because when we acquired him and watched him play, it was like, why the hell did we trade for this guy? This guy sucks. And, raw, right? He was yeah. the raw toolsy guy that could put it all together. And and he has. And that's why I'm buying because <clears throat> there has you mentioned the Batista turnaround earlier when we're talking about Yaz. Tioscar has had that turnaround. Now I don't think he's as much of a power bat as Batista. I think he's a better hitter than Batista. Um in terms of just the hit tool and the ability to spray the ball a little bit better. Batista had an incredible eye at the plate, and that's what made him so good. But yeah, he was a Tosker, mega pull hitter too. Like absolutely, Batista just a yeah. And anything on the inner half in Batista's fifty home run season was gone. Like it just anything middle in was see you later. Actually, Ty, it was fifty four. I've got the bobblehead right here. Uh, <laughs> this is the one where the bat and the arm are missing. <laughs> <laughs> but but Tioscar has progressed, right? So at the end of last season, we saw the home run totals jump. We saw the batting average climb. I think it got to 270 uh, towards the end of last season, if I remember correctly. Um, and basically, this season, he's built on that, right? I mean, you're talking 289 this year, 919 OPS, and he missed some games. But 
the things that you have to pay attention to, exit velocity, 98th percentile. Hard hit, 96th percentile. Slugging, 97th. Barrel percentage, 98%. Like these are things that are off the charts. Now, like Rob said, K percentage, 12th. Uh, whiff percentage, 8th. But um, he's, he's swinging for the fence, right? Like he's going deep or he's I wonder what. Down. Sorry, Ty, I didn't mean to interrupt on that point, but it just I was thinking about it when you started talking about how high his barrel rates and percentages were. I wonder where uh, Daniel Murphy was when he made his transition. And I'm not making that a slight on Hernandez. I'm just curious if Daniel Murphy's transition to really smoking the ball, and, and he did for what, four years or so? Like it wasn't, it wasn't a flash in the pan. He made, he made hay with it for a few years. Um, but I wonder if that's where Tay Oscar might be now, where you could, in a dynasty format, really score with him over the next few seasons, but it's not necessarily going to be a, a decade. I'm trying to think of how old Batista was when he, he was 36, 37, maybe. Um, yeah, he'd be so about I, the same age. Yeah, I'm right just wondering if, if we could, if we would expect, if I'm guessing, I would say we could expect four years of, of Tay Oscar versus eight to 10. So for well, me... I, I'm out because I don't think we're going to see four years, but if I'm picking between four and 10, it's definitely four. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree because the one thing I do like about T Oscar is he hasn't had to change his swing, right? Sometimes these guys have breakthroughs because they make a monumental shift in, in the way they swing the bat T Oscar. It's just been pitch selection. So that's what I like is he's become a smart hitter and he's protecting the spots where he knows they're trying to beat him. And he's not laying off all that low and away stuff like good, like power hitters tend to chase. Um, but he's starting to recognize the situation and know how he's going to get pitched to. And I love guys that have seven and eight pitch at bats. And I saw several of those from Teoscar this year, and I didn't see any of them in the previous three. So that's for me is, is the big difference and why I'm in on them because I see the progression happening and most people aren't. Um, you know, the strikeout rates are going to be there. He had 163 and 18, 153 last season, and then 63 this year in the limited at bats. So, you know, you're going to see probably 130 next year, 120, which isn't the worst. Sorry, what were you, 130 Ks? Strikeouts, yeah. Oh, God, no, Ty. He's going to be, he's going to be 200 easy. I'm telling you, it's going to be down. I'm I'm going to use a pencil and paper and I'm going to write that down. And then later on, if I'm not too drunk when we're done, I'm going to record that for us. Um, so, sorry, you're saying he's 160? He's once, he was 160. I think he's going to get down to 130, maybe 140. Okay. One, so I'm saying 200 <laughs> and you're saying 130. So yeah. that's K's for Teoscar. I like it. And that's not that I don't like Teoscar Hernandez. I, I just fear Teoscar Hernandez on my team, like yep. my fantasy team, not my Blue Jays. Anybody with talent, I'm happy to see. Um, the six strikeouts, I think, is the third most on this outfield list. Now, this isn't all the outfielders. This is the ones we're selecting tonight. But you've heard the name so far. You'll continue to hear the names after. The strikeout number is the third highest of everybody we're going to mention. Now, this is somebody who does not have much issue with strikeouts next on the list. Old man Blackman, Charlie Blackman, Colorado Rocky, 221 at bats this year, 303 average, which is actually a dip down for him. 804 OPS, which is actually a dip down for him. 
31 runs, 42 RBIs, six home runs, two stolen bases, four, well, basically two to one K to walk, 44 Ks, 19 walks. Um, you know, Blackman's a- aging out. I- I'm holding him. He's old, still producing. Nobody's going to pay what he's actually worth to you. And that's why I'm holding him. Ty, what are you up to on Blackman? Uh, I'm buying short term. I've always liked Blackman. Okay. He's been like on a it. lot of my teams. Um, but I'm, I'm buying him knowing that you're going to see a, a production year out of story in his contract year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to bet on the fact that Blackman benefits from some of that. And so I'm buying him for that purpose, knowing that I'm going to flip him on the backside of that year. Frankly. Oh, okay. So you would acquire this year and possibly deal this year. Uh, nice. This year or next. Yeah. This or next. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I like it. Uh, that's an easy one for us. Moving on next to AJ Pollock, uh, 32 year old Dadja, 196 ABs, 276 average this year, 881 OPS. Did anyone see that coming? I know I did because I was excited about him in the offseason. I picked him up in the Rotor Listener League and he did good things for me. 30 runs, 34 RBIs, 16 dingas, two stolen bases. Three to one K to walk ratio, but the K's weren't too high on him. Uh, again, I'm holding <laughs> my comment is real easy. See Blackman. <laughs> so for the same reasons, I want to keep Charlie Blackman, which is essentially no one's going to pay you in trade what AJ Pollock is going to produce for you right now. So don't make the mistake. That's my advice. Ty, what are you telling the listeners? So uh, my notes are exactly the same as yours, funny enough. Oh my God. Uh, see Blackman. And the, the reason, the Oh, reason, I see. We don't agree. The, it's just <laughs> your reasons. are the same. <laughs> So the reason for this is that uh, I bought Pollock last year, knowing he was cheap. And right. now I'm selling Pollock because I can profit. And okay. that is the simplest way you can analyze a lot of things I do in fantasy baseball um, is I look for those types of deals all the time. And I turn Blackman into uh you know a guy like Teoscar entering his prime right by going from Pollock to Blackman to Teoscar like that's that's the trajectory I like to take on these sort of things if I can turn them into a uh, you know somebody else in that category I'm happy to do it but uh, these are the things that win you championships so you have to pay attention especially dynasty because you're not always going to be able to go get a bets year over year it's like it's like Amazon trading right or eBay trading where you start with the paperclip and end up with a house like that same kind of model here. Yeah. I, I just like to get paper clubs, but yeah. I never well, end up with the house. Anyway, I mean, 299 the right week at Staples and you're good to go. <laughs> I saw, I, I don't know if I told you this before. Uh, I had seen some really funny thing on the Tiki Talkie and it was somebody who was coming running out of a Staples store. And the guy's like, what, what? And he's like, did you know that they st- sell Staples at Staples? And then he started taking off towards another store and the guy's like, where are you going? And he's like, Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, everybody. That yeah, one's for the smart good. people. <laughs> All right, moving on next to 24-year-old San Diego Padre Trent Grisham. 215 at-bats this year, 250, 251 average, 808 OPS, 42 runs, 26 RBIs, 10 dingas, 
10 stolen bases and a two to one K to walk ratio. Now the K's were high. They were at 64. However, 215 at bats. We can get into percentages when we do the dynasty ranks later this month. Um, I'm selling on him. I hate that. I, I, I don't know. Whenever I'm holding or selling, I feel like I'm being negative on the guys. That's not why, but I think San Diego is going to find a way to not replicate this for him in 2021 and 2022. And if I'm wrong, I won't mind because he's either going to cost me a lot if I'm going to get him or I'm going to get a pretty solid return for him right now because he is only 24 years old. So Ty, Trent Grisham, do tell. Yeah, my biggest concern is the lefty at bats. And there's not enough data in his major league career to justify that as like he's a platoon guy. Cut him like he's not going to get there ever. Um, I'm actually just trying to find his minor league numbers to see if I can find splits. And I don't know if that exists. Uh, I believe baseball reference has them. So I'm just going to jump in really quickly here. 2019 um, splits in the minors. Uh, there's the log. Where's the splits? Do you want me to talk about boats? Nope, I haven't I done it. that I yet. Oh, damn it. So <laughs> lefty versus lefty, like limited at bats, um, 140 at bats versus 386 from against righties. So, the numbers aren't terrible, which is positive in this was uh, 18. So, or that was 19, sorry. So I'm going to look at 18 really quick, just because he had a short season in the minors. But the reality for me is there's limited at bats from the left side and the average against the lefties was much, much lower um, in 18, still limited at bats. So like even throughout his minor league career, they sheltered him against lefties. Um, and that's what you see in his 2020 numbers. His split is, well, he only faced 32, he only had 32 at-bats um, in 19 with the Brewers against lefties. Yeah, I was in just going to say, well, he was a Brewer, right. Okay. Yeah, a cup of coffee there. But then when he was at the Padres this season, again, limited at-bats, but only 60 at-bats against the lefties again versus 155 against the righties. Now, there's something to be said against, you know, the righties, but why is he being limited? Like, the average is, is actually higher against the lefties, but – do they know something about the pitching profiles and they're keeping them out of certain pitching repertoires? That's my concern. There's not enough stats to know for sure yet. And the minor league, we, we're not going to be able to drill in enough detail to know yes or no. Um, but, but I'm holding for that reason is that it's just a, an earmark that I'm paying attention to. And he's too young for his value to come down in, into a category where I would buy him. Um, and so I, I'm just, I'm holding and staying pat because of those reasons. Yeah, that's fair. So let's talk about somebody that, that was a victory for dingers this year. That's Kyle Lewis, Seattle Mariner, 25 year old, 206 at bats. I'm just going to lead off with the only bad thing I can say about Kyle Lewis. He has the highest number of strikeouts and strikeout percentage on this list. He had 71 Ks in 206 at bats. So we're right around the 30% mark. I will also say that that was much higher to begin this year when he was raking and everybody was talking about how Kyle Lewis was not as good as he appears to be because he had a lot of power. He finished the season 262, finished with an 801 OPS, 37 runs, 28 RBIs, 11 dingers, five stolen bases. Now, strikeout to walk ratio, he's two to one in, in and around two to one. And that's in those limited at bats. So 
I'm happy with that on the other side of it. Cause if he can bring the K's down, maybe a few of those become soft contact dribblers through whatever the average could pop up and the K rate looks a lot better. I'm buying on Kyle Lewis. I know he's a Seattle Mariner, so I'll keep it short high K's, but I think Lewis impressed enough to earn the go get him on this list for me, this off season, Kyle Lewis, go get him. See, I'm I'm gonna I'm holding for now because I want to see a little bit more. Like I I knew people were underappreciating Kyle Lewis. We talked about it a lot last offseason. No one was paying attention except for us, apparently. He was uh, like the prospect who'd been kicking around too long, right? The prospect that's right. fatigue. That's what we hear. Yeah, prospect fatigue. Well, he just he's been a prospect too long. He's been hurt. He's been this, he's been that. Da 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 da. Guy's still a ball player. Yeah. I I, I still like his swing. I think he's gonna get better. But I'm going to hold for now and I'm going to save my buy till the middle of the season because I still think he's going to face a little sophomore touch here. I think you saw a little bit at the end of the season. I think he's going to need a little more time in season to adjust. So I'm going to buy when an owner's looking at panic mode saying this guy's not what he was last year. I'm going to get rid of him and I'm going to send a reliever over and get a really good outfielder in exchange for Kyle Lewis. That's the way I'm going to approach Kyle Lewis. Oh my God. I hope I can pick him up for a reliever in some leagues. I I would trade any RP to get Kyle Lewis. I don't even bruised our Gratterall, the relief pitcher bruised our Gratterall. Ty, are you listening? <laughs> Sorry, what? I was, I was, I was just talking about a milkshake. relief. Oh, is that what you're doing? I'm already on. I'm midway through the second uh, dark here. Now you that just ends. can't power through a milkshake. It just doesn't work. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, nobody talks about chugging a milkshake. Yeah. Um, now that ends our list of regular outfielders that were good. We're going to enter a different tier. Ty, do you want to discuss this? Yeah, this is where we we look at a little bit of swagger from our team. Ugh, yeah, this this group here has a little bit of extra flair for the dramatics, a little bit of uh, the vanity metrics we love. So Top all of these guys, vanity metrics, <laughs> all of these guys in this last category um, mm-hmm. are a little over the top and we love every second of it here at Dingers. So let's lead off with the one that arguably we were both a little uncomfortable to put into the list, but at the same time, feel he belongs there. Um, maybe, maybe the best ba- player in all of baseball, Juan Soto. Um, he, he pimps like, Balls inside better than anybody in the league. There's no question about that. Um, but there's just not as much pimping elsewhere on the field. So it's a balance, right? Yeah, he's like the classy guy, right? He's got the chains. I think he's a high sock guy, uh, if my image of him is correct. Uh, he's got points in Vandy metrics, but also Soto's just so good. Even though he only had 154 at-bats this year, it was all good. Um, here's he's not the, a high sock guy, but he makes the right shin guard look good. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. He's got an accessory beyond the chains. Yeah. Um, here's the only thing we're going to talk about it because the rest of it's all fine. 28 strikeouts this year and 41 walks uh, in eight by eight. That's what you want. That is your jam in points leagues. You really need to know format specific. If you're getting hit against for K's or if you're getting points for walks. Uh, God, I just, you got to go do it. You got, you got to try with the Soto owner. If you're not already the Soto owner, you got to try and see what he wants. Um, 
and think long and hard about it because he could change the fortune of your franchise for the next decade and beyond. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this will forever be my greatest mistake in all of fantasy baseball. Oh my God. Um, I hope you never get him back in our home league. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to threaten all of the lives of Smitty's other athletes on his team uh, <laughs> to get that trade done. Um, but no, it's, it's one of those guys. He's just that good. And he's proven it. He made a big swing adjustment in my mind um, to get to the, the up and in pitches. And it changed my position on him in a big way. It made me look dumb, which is fine, but I can eat crow. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, but also this, he was just a waiver wire pickup for you in our home league. It's not like yeah. you held him for a year or two. You picked him up and a couple of weeks later, you traded him. And, yep. and it was like, I remember saying like, uh, you know, I didn't think soda was going to come up this year, but I owned him in my dynasty leagues and in our keeper league, which is what this was, you had picked him up. I think either as soon as he got called up or just before. And I, maybe I mentioned something like, Oh, he's not going to get called up. And then he did. And I was like, Oh shit. I wish I would have got him. But, you know, whatever, man. He's game changer, and he, he has been since he came in in 18. Absolutely. He pounded a lot of balls into the right side. I've talked about this before in that season on, on a lot of different pitch types, and I was concerned with the profile and got it wrong. It's fine. Um, I'll get some wrong, but I'm going to get a lot more right on those ones than, than wrong. Um, so, so that was the thing with Soto. He's arguably the best player. Like, you, can't, you cannot sit here with a straight face and say Juan Soto has anything but a buy. Like you just can't. He's right. he's young. He's he's arguably the best player already at 22, and he has room to get better, which is scary. And yeah, like that's just that's all you need to know. Like you, you can't really say too much more about Juan Soto. He he walks it. He hits it. He does everything right. So he's he's a a second version of Mike Trout, which is rare. Can't really say that. Yeah, so next guy on the list, Marcelo Zuna, uh, former Brave, now free agent, 30-year-old, 228 at-bats this past year, which is the most on this list, 338 average, OPS north of 1,060, 38 runs, 56 RBIs, 18 dingers, no stolen bases, and uh, less than a 2-1 to K to walk, 60, 60 Ks, 38 walks. Uh, I'm buying, you know, the K percentage at 26%. I'm okay with that because of the rest of the package. I know I do harp on it also because we talk about K to walk ratio and a lot of other podcasts don't because we're doing dynasty. We think it's important to discuss the fact that you have pluses and minuses within your different leagues. And those variances are the difference between, you know, making and missing your playoffs. But the whole package here with Ozuna is good. I hope he signs with a powerhouse team again. I, I honestly, I feel like he's the kind of guy, whether he does or doesn't, he's going to put up good numbers for, for a few years, like three plus. Where are um, you, Ty? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, I, I love to walk around, sw- to walk around. I, all right. That's kind I of love tricky. how much swagger this guy has. <laughs> love it. Like I just imagine the thoughts that goes through this guy's head. He hits a bomb. And boom goes the dynamite. And just exactly. <laughs> I hope that's goes. louder on the recording. Cause I barely heard it, but that yeah. maybe I finally turned down the audio enough that it's not <laughs> screaming in my ears. Yeah, no, I think that one is a little quiet. We might have to pump the jam on that one a little bit, but okay. you know, this is a guy that is absolutely a monster at the plate. His biggest red flag is the defense. And I don't know if the, the DH doesn't go to the NL, how he does not possibly sign an AL contract. Like it has to be an AL contract for him. This is a guy that came up as a center fielder 
and is just slowly becoming like a David Ortiz level can't play defense kind of guy. And so that's the big thing with Ozuna for me. I, I need him to be on an, an AL team. If he's on an AL team, I'm, I would be comfortable with the buy. If he's anywhere close to re-signing with the Braves, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out at the peak because I think this is the peak value for Ozuna. Um, Ozuna, oh my yeah, God, you're mispronouncing. Yeah, Ozuna, that's okay. It's milkshake, man. I, I was just going to say, I caught it and I'm hoping that you're, you're still in the first one though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is hard to drink. It's it's not bad. It's just hard to drink. Um, anyway, I, I'm I'm selling Ozuna as a principal. Yeah, I also could find myself in a situation where I'm buying. Honestly, like if right. it's a toss up for me, I'm selling on value, not on talent. That okay, sense. that's fair. All right, so let's go to the next dynamic guy. That's that's Acuna, 22 year old. Uh, you know, Atlanta Brave, 160 at bats this year, 250 average. Everything else is great. Uh, the one thing I did want to touch on because I now harping on it is uh 60 case, 38 walks, same, same as Marcelo Zuna uh, last year, Acuna had a ton of case. It was an issue kind of like Mankata in 18. He was able to rein it in slightly. And that's still what I'm concerned with long-term is the, you know, is he going to be a big K guy and hurt you? Or is he going to, take even more walks now walk percentage is okay, but the K percentage is high. So you got to figure all that out. When we do the outfielder deep dive, I'll discuss a little bit more of that. I don't like to dive too deep into the numbers part of it. Um, I like to leave that to tie because if we were both throwing numbers at you, you'd probably just go somewhere else or look the information up, but we're doing the work for you. And I think he's the second best outfielder of the next five years in dynasty. So obviously I'm going to throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall for those owners and see if anything sticks that I can pry him away. But I honestly can't imagine picking him up in trade this offseason. It would have to be such a complex deal that really, really helped the other owner that I don't know how I could pick him up anywhere except, you know, a redraft style keeper league where you could just offer the moon and wipe yourself out. Yeah. I mean, for me, there's a couple things that I'm, I'm going to pay attention to. There's been an increasing K rate, as you're mentioning, Robbie. Um, that's obviously concerning. Um, the hard hit percentage had a huge jump this year in a small sample. Uh, keep in mind, anything you see as a spike in 20 is done off of a small sample. And it's a lot easier to break away from the mean in that format. So don't get lost in 2020 stats. That said, the one number that does have me concerned is the walk rate being much, much higher. Um in 2020 it's almost double what is in 2019 production numbers were mm-hmm. I, I just don't i don't see that being sustainable oh uh, come on i mean he had 76 <laughs> walks in in 2019 which is still pretty good um, right but he had 38 in a fraction of the games in 2020 yeah. so i i think that's a per, you know partly the result of um what's going on around him right and and dangerous think, lineup, right? Dangerous, yeah, dangerous lineup. And and lots of things that can go on. I mean, he was hitting one a lot of the times this year with LBs being hit and miss on the on the bench, right? So I I think that really is is the thing for me is where where do you fit Acuna and is he going to continue to steal the bases? Because to your point earlier about the strikeouts, if he's hitting three, which is remotely possible behind Freeman, mm-hmm. um, that stolen base number is going to go down right? He's not going to steal 37 bases or 40 bases from the three hole. That's just not going to happen. And 
that that's my big concern with him is that's a big piece of his advantage value wise over the other guys, because although he had a very good 2019 season, the 883 OPS is average, right? Like for, for a good player, like it's good and respectable, but it's not the top five ranking that he gets is what I'm getting at. So if you now put him back in that 80, 900 range and you take 10 stolen bases, 15 stolen bases off of that number, he becomes a top 15 guy instead of a top five guy and still good, but not as good. Those are my concerns with Acuna. Um, He also could go the other way very easily if he can rein in those strikeout numbers and he stays one or two in that lineup. Well, let's just see what happens in a full season because that's kind of the issue that we've run into, right? We basically got a third of a season and we're trying to let everybody know how to react uh, don't overreact. Obviously don't, don't play possum either and think that everything's okay. So I like the points that you're bringing up on, on Acuna tie. I certainly had concerns at the end of last year with the K rate. I appreciated the change in his walk rate. So I'm, I'm looking at it with a bit more of an optimistic view. I also have Acuna shares. So I, I want the best in him. <laughs> you know, I want good things for him. Um, but here's somebody next. Now, I don't know if you don't know if you want to give everybody a refresher on the type of outfielders we're talking about right now. Cause this next guy like uh, emphasizes this hard. Bryce Harper, Philadelphia, Philly, 29 year old, 190 at bats, 268 average, but the rest of his stat line was great. Bryce yeah, Harper, baby. Future athlete endorsement with head and shoulders. Absolutely. <laughs> when, uh, as soon as he wants it, I'm sure they're ready to sign. Yeah, whenever C.J. Wilson's uh, contract runs out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Harper has years of great production ahead of him, and the average just under 70 this year is the only blip to me on, on his radar. And we did talk about it because Ty had, had thought that they were going to be a World Series team. They didn't do what they were supposed to do as a team, and when that happens – individual you know things can collectively happen now bryce harper had a lower average the guy is a damn stud easily top eight outfield for me i'm just not sure if he is a five a six seven or an eight i've done it a few different ways ty he's never been he's never been outside my top 10 in the dynasty rankings for 2021 we're just finalizing all that stuff which you guys will be getting shortly and harper will be high for me this year which Really, I'm just realizing it late now that Harper's the kind of guy that I wish I'd owned five years ago, but I thought he was just too much, um, too much hype, too much swagger to him. But now I'm realizing like Bryce Harper helps me win, helps you win, and I need Bryce Harper in my life. So a couple five. things that I, yeah, a couple things that I I like about Harper. Um, five of the last six seasons, he's been in top five percent in slugging in the league. Every year in the last, uh, what is that, six years, he has been in the top 5% in walk rate. So for me, like you're getting a couple things that go to the bank with Bryce Harper. You're going to get a ton of walks. So if you're in a format that has walks as a counting stat, Bryce Harper is almost going to win you that category on a weekly basis on his own, right? And, or at least give you a shot every single week to win that category. Um, the slugging percentage is always going to put you in the mix for power numbers. And so for me to build with a guy that's going to give you two categories, significant advantage every single week, that's, that's a guy that's worth owning. Right. So 
if if you don't build your team around three and four superstars, like this is a really good guy to have if you're going for like a league average kind of guy across the board and build more average level base statistics, this is going to give you the advantage in two categories every week. And then if you do a half decent job with your pitching build, then you're winning championships. So that's what I like about a guy like Bryce Harper is he's going to bring it every single week and there's less peaks and valleys. So if you're in a weekly format, this is a guy you want to own. Um, he may have less value uh, in a points format per se, potentially, if it's a point weekly. Sorry, Ty. He was over four and a half points in um, fan tracks that I believe counts uh, the league that I'm thinking of counts K's as a half a point against and Harper was over four and a half points. So, I mean, he can really produce. If you think a good player in a points format, shouldn't say good, a player that actually helps you win is three plus points. And, and then a game changer type player is four plus uh, Harper was over that threshold in the shortened season. Yeah, no, and and that's it's fine. Like I'm just saying, like he's going to give you an advantage in weekly formats, which is what I think. Oh most, yeah, yeah. Most leagues are playing, like unless you're roto um, or best ball, right? Like these are the formats that are most common. So I, I just I'm taking that advantage. That's why I'm in on Harper always. Um, I still think he has another MVP season in him, whether it's next season or the year after. I still think that caliber of ball players there. And I want to, I want to unleash it one more time, at least. I'm with you on that. Now let's talk about somebody who, uh, what are the swagger points here for Will Myers? Yeah. I mean, this guy is no gloves and no gloves. he, he is, he is a lot less swag. But none done. Yep. But that's yeah, he's, it. He's Clean like, cut. yeah, he's just a blue collar smack baseballs kind of guy. Rip no gloves. I mean, there's two ways to have swagger. There's the one where you're exude, uh, an incredible amount of confidence and then the other one where you take selfies as you run around the bases. So it's just a matter <laughs> of which guy you are. Right? Can can you have swagger if you have an entourage? Like I don't I have an so. example. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say I don't have an example of the player that like walks out and has an entourage. But I've never had an that. entourage, so I don't know for sure. But right, that's true. That's yeah. I don't know who outside of the the cast of entourage i don't know yeah i mean the closest thing is my wife and my kid following me with the stroller like uh, does that count like, I don't know. but you're just is turning cool? around yelling hurry up <laughs> yeah hurry exactly. up we gotta get more milkshake <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna close uh so anyway myers 29 year old 198 at bats this year it was all good guys uh 288 average 959 ops 34 runs 40 rbis 15 dingers couple stolen bases three to one strikeout to walk ratio not ideal um, but Will Myers, it was a bounce back. We're both selling tie. I'm just saying, if not now, when, right. For those Myers owners who were like waiting for it, are, are you going to die with Myers? Like I'm going to with Honeywell jr. Cause if you are, I, I get you. Hey, simpatico baby. Uh, hit me up at Robbie baseball one on dingers. Let's talk about guys that we're going to die on the Hill with. Um, but if not just do the right thing and sell the man. Yeah. You got to get out. Like just get out. It's just one of those things that if you don't do it, you're going to regret it. And you like Robbie saying, like, when, when are you going to get this opportunity again? Uh, I think this is it. So uh, I think if you held on to him any longer, you'd, you'd probably kick yourself. And, and the value is fine now. So you're not going to be selling and taking it, you know, off the nuts right now. You're going to get a return that you should covet. 
and it should be valuable. You know, like I'm trying to deal glass now in a points league where he's on a really low contract. He's got one year left. And I've talked to a few teams about, it. I've said, I want your first round pick. It's got to be, you know, in the first 15, so 30 team league. And I want a top prospect, but I'm picking the right prospect that I want because I have 17 guys tie in my queue for this draft that I will be happy to have on my team. So this pick's got to be in the top 17 for me. Um, and Will Myers should be a similar kind of guy where you can pick. I want a prospect or I need this type of assurance with my team for next year. And if Will Myers is really good next year, but you've traded him away, don't be upset. Be happy with the return you get. So make sure you get what you want. And I don't know that you can do a one for one, but I mean, if you could pick up our next guy, that would be a steal of a deal, right? Ty? Uh, Kyle Tucker, Houston Astro, 23 year old in a full season, uh, 37% full season, <laughs> 209 at bats, 268 average, 837 OPS, 32 runs, 42 RBIs, nine dingers, eight stolen bases, uh, 46 Ks to 18 walks. Uh, Ty, what are you doing with the buy, sell, hold? Kyle Tucker. Well, I'll, I'll give you a sound bite that will tell you where I sit on this one. And, and I, Ooh, I'm excited. This guy excited. falls into this category and he should not, but he does. Hello. What? It's me. This, this is this season's Kyle Lewis. This is a guy that people you have think? forgotten about. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, I think he's been the next coming for Houston for three seasons. And I think there's some prospect fatigue on this kid. And he's the I, real deal. I agree with that, Ty. I definitely yeah. agree. People have forgotten that Kyle Tucker was supposed to be already a Houston Astro with a thousand at bats. Yeah. They've forgotten exactly. about that. And yeah. this kid is is so good. Like watching him in the playoffs, like I was unbelievably impressed. And it was quiet, right? Like he hit a lot of singles the other way because that's where they pitched him. Um, and I was unbelievably impressed with the approach he hit nine home runs this year, which is above league average. And he did it quietly. I, I just think there's so much growing left here. He's just 23. Like if there's a 23 year old out there that I want to buy at a better value than I can get Kyle Tucker for, please hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Harder key I, boom. I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> like that guy's going to be punching my ticket at valet. <laughs> somebody offered me this is this just sounds funny so ty and i are in a 30 team real money league so we've mentioned it before but you know if, a, if you players 30 dollars in the league you owe 30 of your dollars for him um and i have james mccann a steal of a deal because ty sold me on him in the offseason last year and i got him as my catcher for 50 cents that is the league minimum i signed him to i think a four-year deal at Welcome. 50 cents a year that, yeah, thank you, Ty. That is the cheapest you can have a player in that league because even a rookie will be 50 cents. And then after their first year, they go to a dollar, two dollars, four dollars, eight dollars, and then they're free agent. So I've got McCann, and I, ju I just had somebody who's kind of a trade fiend in that league. Um, it's the Miami owner, Ty. If you've had any interaction with him, good guy, definitely a good guy, but he's one of those trade happy guys, just likes to be active. I love those guys in Dynasty as long as we agree on player values. Now he and I don't agree. So he said to me, Hey, I'm interested in James McCann. Um, have a look and tell me what, tell me what you want. And I looked and I was laughing because he has Carter Keeboom on his team. And I'm like, well, I bet if I even mentioned him, he would be like done. I will deal him in a second, but, but he's $2 and 50 cents. I think each year for the next three years. And I'm like, you know what? 
as much as I like Carter Keyboom, I'm not sold on him alone for the cheapest player you can get in baseball. And even though I hate catchers, and in 2018 and 19, I was on the I hate catchers train, and then I kind of backed off of it. You know, Yancey talked us off the cliff saying that, you know, good catchers were important. Well, now I'm back on the you can go get them out of the, the, the bargain bin. Um, so I, I just said to him, you know what, you know, nothing that I see right now. However, I can revisit this later. But I just thought it was kind of funny because you see these guys who are forgotten. And Carter Keyboom, I think, is a forgotten guy, Ty. I know you hate him. He should be. <laughs> I know you hate him. But Kyle Tucker is not in that same position. Of not at all. Forgotten man to the same extent. But I think you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on redraft and see where he's going uh, with outfielders because I I agree. I think he could put up some monster numbers next year. I, I think he's the real deal, and I think the power stroke might be a year away still. So I'm I'm gonna invest where I can now uh, because I I think the the 25 year old Kyle Tucker is maybe untradeable. Fair, that's fair. That's it. That's right. So that's the outfielders. What do we, what do we got left uh, next week, Robbie? We are going to get everybody prepped for the rule five draft. Last year, we put a ton of work into prepping for this. We went through and each none MLB of the major league teams. Listen yeah. to us. Like yeah. what is their issue? Each MLB team we painstakingly went through and found multiple players in the organization eligible that we felt would be good pickups for other teams of all of those players. One was selected, Sterling Sharp. He went from the Nationals to the Marlins, made four or five appearances this year, I think. And then the Marlins got all the way into August, and because they were competitive and the rosters got cut down, they sent him back to the Nats, who then, I don't even know if he finished at their 60-man, you know, on the 60-man or whatever it was. But either way, Sharp is back with the Nats, and again, unprotected, so you know, whatever, but we're going to discuss Sterling Sharp and other players, but to a lesser degree, we're going to go through some of the prospects who have lost their sheen that are available in the rule five draft, but are realistic pickups. Those are the guys who you might own in your dynasty rosters and prospect fatigue, as we had mentioned with Kyle Tucker. Um, We're going to talk about those guys. And at the same time, we're going to wrap up as quickly as we can on catchers that may have made some form of impact in the 2020 season so beyond that we're going to recap the actual rule five draft which takes place on december 10th and then we are going to skyrocket uh with an awesome december we've got a really good guest coming on that we're going to be doing a christmas wish list so if you have something as a dynasty owner that you are looking for um, you can ask santa claus at dingers pod uh, how you can go about getting such and such you know you're in a 12 team points league and you've got a $240 budget. So-and-so is 17 bucks and so-and-so is 14 bucks. How can you get this guy? You get, you give it that to us, the most detailed thing you possibly can. We will answer it for you all on that show with a special guest. Um, I, I used to call him mankind and that's all I'm going to give for a hint on who it's going to be. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's a great place to leave Robbie and we'll see you next time. It's been Robin Tyler on Diggers. 
This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.